0: Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I am Kelso. And
1: I'm Kyla.
2: And I'm Carl.
0: And the cat is sitting in my lap. I don't know if I can say something. There we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's Fliffo.
0: And that's Fliffo. Flippo, who kept me awake last night.
1: Oh no, Flippo! how could you?
0: easily. Very easily. But now he's just sitting in my lap and he's got, like, his little paw rested on my forearm and it's cute, so everything is forgiven.
1: (laughs) That's how they get you.
0: That's how they get you, I know. I'm fully aware, and yet I still allow myself to be manipulated.
2: That's where you get an ugly pet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like Like a sphinx cat? I like Sphinx cats. I don't think they're. <laughs> uh, someday I would like to get a Cornish Rex, which is oh shit. Oh, I forgot to close my Facebook Messenger and it just beeped at me. God damn it! Now that's <laughs> now that's on the recording. Thanks, boyfriend.
1: <laughs> God, how dare people contact me?
0: Ah, uh, God, how dare my boyfriend that I love try to try to talk to me? This is an outrage. <laughs> so <laughs> this is an outrage Um, yeah what was I saying yeah I would like to get a uh, Cornish Rex cat which is basically a sphinx but with some hair it's got like a tiny amount of like wavy soft like undercoat hair and See. they're not cute I guess but I like them
1: yeah I I actually really like sphinx cats but I do like agree that they're very ugly. <laughs> so I... I think they're ugly in a cute way so yeah. like I'm okay with that but Huck, Huck refuses. I wanted to get one in part because uh Huck is allergic which is why we can't have a cat and I really want to have a cat. Um so I'm like, "Well, what if we got a sphinx cat?" and he's like absolutely not.
0: I I might be wrong. I feel like I've read at some point that sphinx cats uh are worse for allergies because they just have like dander all the time. Just yeah, like their skin I think cells. It depends showing.
1: on what sort of allergies you have, whether it's uh dander or fur or like there's a couple other things you can actually be allergic to.
0: Yeah. You can get hypoallergenic cats because my sister has one because her husband is allergic. But they're uh expensive as far as I know. The cat was a gift, so
1: <laughs> yeah. Alright.
0: But they they have okay. Uh the ones that um my sister, well the one that my sister and her husband has um has actually like really long thick luxurious hair. So I don't know what like I guess they just breed them to be low dander and to not shed very much. I don't think he really sheds. So interesting. He's a good boy. Atticus is is his name.
1: Oh, that's a great cat name. It's a
0: such a good cat name. He likes to, uh, so since they moved to their new house last year, uh, they, there was a cat door, so they just have been letting him roam around the neighborhood and sometimes he brings in presents. <laughs> he likes to, uh, eat just the skulls and heads of baby bunnies and the rest of them get left oh, as presents. So, <laughs> he's a good, good strong hunter.
1: That's that's. You should probably keep cats like that inside. They are a danger to the local wildlife.
0: Yeah, but he's much happier being able to roam.
1: Yeah, I know. We it's, had a cat like that. She it's was. It's difficult. Uh, she had been a barn cat before she came to us, <clears throat> mm, yeah. and so she would not abide being kept constantly indoors. They're like, well, I know this significantly shortens your lifespan, but it's your decision, kitty.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and with two small children in the house, I think, Mm -hmm. I think the cat deserves to be able to take a break.
1: Did, uh, have we podcasted since my friends who got their new puppy chose a name for the puppy?
0: Uh I don't remember. I remember the puppy, I but I don't remember the name.
1: Yeah, we because last time I remember we looked up uh, like pictures of Finnish Lapphunds, so you guys could see what they looked like. Yes, um, they have decided on the name Beowulf for the dog.
2: That's a bad name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I I was I had some reservations because, um, like, I feel like for dogs. Well, for pets in general, if you choose a name that's longer than two syllables, you're never gonna use that name. You're just gonna use a shortened version um
2: yeah. of
1: mm-hmm. it, but that's fine. I mean, it shortens to bay, which is adorable <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i when when my parents got their third dog, the uh all of the prospective names were like. Because my stepdad had read, like, a dog needs to have a name that is two syllables, it begins with a consonant, and ends with a vowel, because, I don't know, they, they respond more easily to those kinds of names. Okay. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. But, I mean- Beowulf
1: responds very well, for what it's worth. He is That's a, good. he is like, well on his way, training-wise. He is, he is learning some good tricks. He's still learning rollover, that one's tough. Wow. But he can do, he can do like, sit and stay and leave it very well, which is good. Uh, he can do speak, he can do high five. He's, he's coming along.
2: Nice. I've never had a pet that I didn't call either the cat or fucker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: little... they, do call, they do call him pup a lot, which is not his name.
0: Cliffo gets called the cat and fucker a lot. His name—I mean, he has a two-syllable name, and yet he has so many names that are not his name. Yeah.
1: Well, cats don't respond to their names that much anyway, so maybe it's less important for cats.
0: He does at least look at me when I say his name. It's up to him whether he, um, whether he He just to acknowledge. Yeah. So. But I, I can get him to look at me, and that's, that's important. I call my parents puppy, uh, I started calling her puppy, and then that became poopy, so now I just call her poopy. Oh no. It's fine. That's-
2: still two syllables. It is.
0: <laughs> it still yeah. the, con- the, it's in the mouth. Yeah. So, it's canon. Poopy. Poopy the dog. Hi.
1: That somehow seems inauspicious.
0: I mean she's not a very auspicious animal. So <laughs>
1: um so uh we were supposed to record last week uh but we did not because uh I had a, a... venture.
2: Mhm.
1: Um so I have been in Prague the past couple of weeks visiting my grandma. Went to a really cool museum exhibit about my grandparents like career. And got like a hardcover book of the exhibit So now I have like a book of my grandparents' history and career Which is like fantastic Oh, that's so uh, cool Yeah, and so I got to see all their, you know, like animation and puppetry stuff And it was super rad But on the way back from this vacation uh, I got stuck in Cologne for a day <laughs> So um, moral of the story is don't fly Euro wings
0: Cool, that's a good moral so, uh, I mean, it was I'm assuming a very scary time <laughs> I'm assuming you were just like stuck in the airport and didn't get to do anything cool in Cologne for a day.
1: Well, they paid for us to have a hotel like they paid for like oh. taxi to the hotel, night at the hotel and taxi back in the morning uh, as well as like actually uh like dinner that evening. But the problem was like we don't speak German,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: so we were able to do like. Exactly the thing that involves, like, stepping up to the person, handing them the voucher slip, and then that's it. So we were kind of... And also what was really scary was uh we had forgotten to get a... Because we thought we were just going home. We ha- didn't have a power adapter to plug mm. in any of our electronics. So all of our phones were, like, under 20% battery at oh, that no. point. So we're like, if there's an emergency we have no, like, way to look up where we are, we have no way to, like, Google Translate, we have no way to call anyone. Um, so, we basically, like, went up to, and, and they didn't even really put us in a hotel, it was like, there were, like, three tiny rooms in the upstairs of a bar, um, that the, the owners of the bar rent out, apparently.
0: Interesting. And yeah. so,
1: like, we went to this bar and like came downstairs and had dinner and then went back up to our rooms and huddled there for the rest of the evening.
0: Wow. What a, what an adventure.
1: Yeah, I probably would have been like fun and much less disconcerting had we not done it sort of, you know, had it not been so accidental and like stressful and, and all the other pieces. Yeah. But
2: yeah, Cologne is a pretty city.
1: So I've heard. Someday perhaps I will get to see more of it than like this one bar and the airport. <laughs> but yeah, so I was supposed to be back on Saturday afternoon so I could record with you guys last week, uh, but I ended up not being back until like late on Sunday, so.
0: Yeah. Which is fun.
1: Apologies listeners for the lateness of this episode. Blame Hero Wings. <laughs>
0: uh, do you have any fun stories about prague that you would like to share
1: um i have, i have a lot of awesome photos if you <laughs> like my twitter has a yes. a thread of like 50 uh 50 tweets with photos um we saw a really cool um, dance performance where one of them was like a political commentary which you don't see that much political dance um, uh, so that was interesting. Nice. Uh, on the way to the, we had a similar adventure on the way to the uh the little town that has the puppet museum because it's like an hour and a half outside of Prague, so we had to get a friend who has a car to drive us down. And it's a really, you know, it's a it's an old European city, so it's 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 not exactly like. Built for modern driving very well. It's got like cobblestone streets and the main drag is like up this big hill and it's got kind of like stairs in the road. Uh, it's like this series of like curb height bumps as you go up. Uh, and our driver took it like a little too fast. And so when we got, when he dropped us off and like drove away, we looked uh, at the road behind his car and there was just like a huge oil splat where he had been like resting and then like a trail of it leaving off and we're like, ooh, that's, that's not, not good. good. Yeah. That's no bueno. Yeah, so we, we, you know, hurriedly called him on his cell phone so he could get to a garage as soon as possible. And then uh, after the museum, we took the train back.
0: <laughs> nice. That's a good story.
1: But it's, apparently the car was uh to a garage before it seized from lack of oil, and it was fixed like early enough that uh mom was able to take like another group of our friends who was visiting the following week uh in the same car. So Nice. I guess it was uh I guess it was more or less a happy ending.
0: I, mean, and I mean, everything you know, worked out. So Yeah,
1: it didn't stop us from seeing the exhibit. We still got to do most of the things we wanted to do that day there was like one church that we didn't get to go see but other than that not not bad
0: nice yeah i saw a lot of your pictures and uh the <laughs> Did pu- you like
1: the ossuary <laughs> I love the ossuary
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's that's in that was on the way to the puppet museum it's uh. this little town where uh these monks have a uh, like, have built an ossuary for the burial of, like, it's like 16,000 soldiers or something like that. I forget exactly Mm. the numbers, but um, I guess they were bored or something, and they decided that they should decorate the ossuary with bones. And they made, like, chandeliers out of skulls and femurs and, like, uh, um, shoulder blades.
0: I mean, I guess Uh, that's not super uncommon for ossuaries. Like, I've seen photos of of other Unless unless maybe maybe it's all just photos of this exact same one that you just were at. One. Uh
1: I've heard of at least one other, so
0: Yeah, the one that I uh actually hmm I don't remember what the one I have heard of is, but I I have seen photos of that before you posted them of like similar things. So I don't know if that's just a thing that you can do with ossuaries if you want uh I don't know why you wouldn't. If that's an option available to you. The, the,
1: the, like, there's some, I guess, discussion on, like, whether it's, you know, disrespectful to the bodies of the people. But I, for me it's less about, like, disrespectful and more about, like, it feels slightly tacky, (laughs) like it's a little over-decorated.
0: I don't know, that's the kind of tacky I can get behind. <laughs> I I would like to put it in my will that uh if you would like to use my bones to decorate after I depart,
2: please do. I would enjoy that. Yeah. I mean it's one of those things where if you like had a couple of bones, it would be tacky. If you just like throw all the bones you can find onto it, it's just I mean it's still uh, kinda weird, but <laughs>
1: Are you saying it, it transcends the tackiness by sheer volume? Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's a fair outlook, I guess.
0: And like possibly, if you were to apply magic to the building, the entire building would become a bone golem. <laughs> so that's cool. that's a that's a consideration to make. Bone bone golem building.
1: If you would like to be part of a bone golem in the future. There is a place uh, that I have heard of uh, Kelso that, after you die, will turn your some of your bones into bone jewelry, mm. if you like, for your loved ones, mm. um, and or and I know of another place actually that does um, that uses your if you get cremated, they can use your uh, your ashes to make a gemstone.
0: Oh, I've seen that before. Which I, I
1: just, like, that would be rad to, like, pass down a family heirloom that, like, this is me as a rock.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are, are a lot of creative ways to uh elevate, I suppose, to elevate one's remains. I've seen a thing, and I think this might have just been, like, a a concept prototype thing, where I guess they somehow use your remains after cremation to make like a biodegradable vessel and they yeah, put yeah, a see tree that. seed in it and then you become tree
1: I think the vessel is not you it's your ashes are inside the vessel but it's like yeah it's like a little biodegradable flower pot and that makes
0: more sense. you fill it yeah. with your
1: ashes and there's like a little seedling uh, tr- tree seedling in it and then you can plant it and be a tree and I think that is the one that I want like, if I was going to put one of these in my will, the gemstone is very tempting, but I think I would rather be a tree.
0: I feel like there, you can also have your remains shot into space, but I don't know if that's, like, a fever dream that I
1: had, or yeah, if it's a real like, thing. Yeah, but, like, if you're shot
2: into space... That's just a bunch of hassle for the people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: that's a lot of hassle, and also then you're, like, space litter. Exactly. And- space litter is potentially dangerous to the future of, like, space travel, so. And it's already
0: real bad up there. Yeah. There's already quite quite like, a lot of debris. You'd,
1: you'd just be floating around with, like, astronaut poop and stuff, and you don't want that.
0: Yeah, astronaut poop and, like, crappy bits of broken satellites.
1: Yeah, it's not, not
0: a great afterlife. Yeah. So. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. Um,
1: yeah, we did a we did a ton of stuff in Prague. We like went to the zoo. Prague has like one of the five best zoos in the world. Oh, uh, nice! And we saw we saw a theater performance based on like the work of Jules Verne at this like special theater that's like uh does theater combined with cinema in an interesting way. Hmm. Um, what else did we see? We saw some blacklight theater. We walked around town a bunch. My mom basically like made sure that we had stuff that we could do every single day. So we did so much walking. We were like absolutely exhausted at the end of every day. We're like, please, our feet can't take it anymore. And my little sister who was there who lives in New York City was like, what? It's fine. (laughs) Like, I come from Seattle. I sit in an office all day. Please. No. I'm soft. (laughs) I'm soft and weak. I normally try and do, like, some walking before these trips to kind of get back in the habit a little bit. But the two weeks before the trip, uh, Seattle was covered in smoke and oh, there was yeah. a warning to not go outside because the West Coast was on fire. So yeah.
0: I saw uh, a whole lot of photos sent to me by friends and also just on on social media of, man, it was real bad over there. Yeah, it was uh, very bad. So I'm glad that you survived that and then also survived your journey.
1: Yeah. It was good. It was fun to see my grandparents' stuff. It was fun to see my family. Um, I don't know. Made me happy. I feel like a lot more zen than I did before. It may also have something to do with the fact that I was, like, doing an insane amount of, like, training and other travel work before I left. And so I just really needed a vacation. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm back and now we can do podcasts about video games we can't
0: wait I thought of another thing that you can do after you die uh, <laughs> I think I think I saw it in like a sharper image catalog no it wasn't in a sharper image catalog I don't know I'm all probably anyway yeah, maybe Uh but you can have your ashes turned into like compressed into graphite so you just get a box of pencils that are made out of out of your remains, and then there's a uh, a sharpener built in, so that as you sharpen the pencil, it the shavings go into this box that you just keep, and that's like your remains after you're done with the pencils.
2: So you just become shavings.
0: <laughs> yes, you become pencils, and then you become shavings. Which honestly, I kind of like that because you know if if the pencils actually get used. Then... I was
1: gonna say, that can be either, like, really cool and romantic or really terrible, depending on how the pencils are used. Because, like, if you're just drawing dicks with them, then, like, that seems disrespectful to the person.
2: I don't me know, up. If I die, I want them to draw dicks.
1: <laughs> draw dicks with your body.
2: Nothing else.
1: <laughs> draw dicks and only dicks. Only dicks.
2: Don't you dare be creative. <laughs>
1: This is the memorial I desire.
0: I mean, I don't think there's, there's any rule saying that you can't be creative when you're drawing a dick. That's true. So. Yeah, but that's not a good dick. <laughs> you, you just want like, basic, uh, as anonymously- and tasteless
1: as possible. Yeah, basic,
0: yeah. anonymously drawn on a chalkboard wh- when the teacher's not looking dick. Mm-hmm. That's fair.
1: All right. So now that we wasted the lovely segue that I had done in the previous,
0: yeah. Sorry, time. I just look. I couldn't. <laughs> okay. I couldn't let that one go.
1: <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Shall we talk about a video game?
0: We should talk about a video game. That's a great idea.
1: Um, I can. Uh, oh, I can do another segue. While I was in Prague, I actually had uh, both my mother and my sister try out our game uh, for oh. this week because I wanted them to see it because they're both artsy people. Uh and it's a very artsy game. Uh so the game that we played for the past several weeks is called Goragoa. Uh and it is by the group Buried Signal, and it is published by Annapurna. Um, because we are apparently like the Annapurna podcast now.
0: You know, it's fine. Um,
1: yeah, so Goragoa is a sliding tile puzzle but not that kind of sliding tile puzzle not like the number sliding tile puzzles Thank God. uh yeah so it is uh as as usual um, by the way this is going to be a spoiler heavy podcast so if you have not played Gorogoa and you like cool visual games or games that feel kind of very like surreal and dreamlike uh artsy games, puzzle games, go play that now and then come back afterwards because we're gonna we're gonna spoil the heck out of it. Um, but anyway, so the you have a grid, a two by two grid for spaces, um, and there are beautifully hand illustrated tiles uh that you can that uh you can move around in that grid uh and that sometimes contain animations and you basically have um Two or three I would say there's three mechanics with some slight variations. mechanic one is like move tiles around within that grid uh, and you don't it's not like a normal sliding tile where you can like only move to adjacent spots and it has to be clear or whatever you can just arbitrarily move them wherever um, two is like change the view within the tile. Um, so you can, like, zoom in on an area. Actually, it might just be two mechanics, because change the view is basically the other one. Um, so you can zoom in uh, by tapping on a thing uh, or zoom out or move sideways by tapping on arrows that appear. Uh, if you're not sure if you can do any of those things, if you just tap on the tile, it will, like, light up anything you can do. So it's pretty friendly in terms of, like, showing you what your available options are. Uh, which is good, because even with that, I sometimes like didn't realize I had the ability to do certain things at certain times. Um, and it's just... it's a puzzle game. So the goal is, in general, to get the tiles to align with each other in certain ways that cause various things to happen. So one of the very first puzzles is um, you need to get all tiles in such a place so that when placed next to each other they form a tree with a one branch has an apple and one part of the branch has a crow and the crow will take off from the tree and uh knock loose the apple which falls into a bowl that you have placed underneath it um i don't know it's so hard to really describe this game in any depth
0: yeah I was thinking that as I was playing it, like, this is cool, but what the hell do I say about it besides it, besides the fact that it is absolutely beautiful and the fact that it does a lot of really interesting and novel things with the types of puzzles that you're solving. Like I was constantly surprised by the solutions that I stumbled into.
1: Yeah, it's, and it, it has a certain aspect like, uh, Botanicula, where to some extent, if you just, like, brute force, you know, every possible clicking on things, you can often just get to the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. But- it's like, what are all the possible permutations? But it all has a certain logic that makes sense in that moment, but just doesn't make sense outside of its context.
0: Yeah, like, there, there's yeah. a lot of really good signaling with, like, color and shape in yeah. particular. Yeah. Um, that once once you see it, like, there's all these disparate elements, but then you see, like, oh, wait, these kind of look like they might go together. Let's try that. And it makes so much sense once you actually get it to work.
1: Yeah, so there's there's five little like fruits, different colored fruits that you're trying to collect over the course of the game. Um, and so for instance, in the yellow one, there's a there's a part where there's like one tile is like in someone's apartment and there's just a big pile of junk to one side. Uh, and part of the big pile of junk is there's like a couple of ribbons uh, hanging over the edge of a box. Uh, and then in the other one you can like see the apartment from the outside and there's these big banners hanging from, uh, like the outside of the building. And if you look, if you zoom in tight on the ribbons and out on the banners, you, if you place them next to each other, they connect. Uh, and in that puzzle you have to actually like get a rock to go from like one area to another. That one's a little timing based and is... Yeah. Was adorable when I realized what what you're actually supposed to do. I'm like, oh, that's super cute.
0: Like that one and the the train one. The train oh, one yeah, was yeah, yeah. the train one was less cute because it's a a lot more complicated, but similar concept.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a ladder on one screen and like a train track on the other, and you combine them and you have to go like up the ladder onto the train track. Uh, and then get him to come back down onto a different train track and you actually get the character to like change size by doing this because they move from a context in which they were tiny, uh, on like a map, uh, of the the train tracks to uh, a place where they are normal sized on the ladder.
0: Yeah, it's a really nice way of playing with, uh, what is the, what is the word that I'm looking for? I want to say like impossible space but that's that's a different thing. So oh, never mind. Oh yeah, you're
1: thinking like non-Euclidean type Yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it it is very it's... impossible geometry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: so there's so we might as well go through like sort of generally what the five fruits are. Um the, so the first one, the red one is the red apple is like the tutorial um where so I guess Let's actually step further back on why you're collecting these apples. The game opens with a sight of this like enormous, colorful beast, which I assume is the Goragoa. Question mark. I but I always call it the Goragoa. I don't know if Gorogoa actually refers to that beast or not.
2: I have in my note as a giant monster shaken. <laughs> yeah,
1: giant monster.
2: So I think that's the official name.
1: Slash, uh, coral, uh, coral reef monster yeah. slash Chinese dragon thing.
2: Slash big
0: Arabesque thingy. Yeah. Things so, bright
2: colors.
1: Yeah, bright colors. It looks almost like a like a parade float more than a creature, but it's also sort of ominous. Like every time it's on the screen there's a slightly like ominous sound. Um so your your little kid character has a book, and they look up this monster, and they find a picture of two people holding up a bowl with five different colored fruits in it. So, I don't know if that is meant to, like, appease the Gorigoa, or like, summon it, or what the... (laughs) the relationship is between the monster and these fruits. But the goal is to collect the fruits. At at the very least it provides you with a clear goal even though you don't understand why you're doing it. Not that the narrative is like the primary necessary part of this game.
2: The question is does the playable character know why he's doing it? Yeah, that's a good question too. Uh, Oh wait
0: so I'm on the wiki um, Roberts, Jason Roberts, who made this game uh, adopted the title Gorogoa from a name he invented for an imaginary creature in his youth so I guess yeah I guess the monster is the Gorogoa okay air quotes monster I don't maybe it's a monster in the sense that it's like malevolent but I yeah, guess creature is a better word it. yeah yeah
1: um, so the first one is sort of the, the f- then, so you get the bowl from the uh from the storage closet and you you go around trying to collect these uh, five fruits. The first one is basically the tutorial, um, where you, as I said, you're like arranging a tree so that like a crow knocks the apple into your bowl. The second one is pretty, uh, is like you know less of a tutorial, but is still like a, a pretty simple early level. There's like not that many steps to it, um, where you have to get into like this little secret garden that's across the way. And there's a stone statue holding the apple, so you have to... So so one of the things you can do while dragging around tiles, there's like a couple different things that dragging tiles actually does. Sometimes it's just, it moves the tile to a different place, but sometimes it also separates the tile into like a frame that was on top of it and the thing that was underneath it. And so you like uncover a new, completely different context uh, by by taking it apart. You can also combine tiles in that way. And there's also a few rare moments where there's like a, a picture, a still single picture behind the grid. And by moving the tile around, the tile becomes like a window to that picture. So you see different parts based on where you move the tile. Um, so in that puzzle, you have to uh make the, the... you get an empty space where the apple is and you have to use one of those window tiles to find the eye of the Gorogoa which is bright green and then you put the apple space over the eye and it makes the apple green and then it's there but th- something about that is like I don't know, really creepy to me and I'm not quite sure why
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of that eye, very, very zoomed in that you see it. It's always like, Ah! What are you doing here?
1: I guess huge things suddenly are always kind of scary.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's jump scares, right?
1: It is a little
2: bit of a jump scare. It's not as direct, but it's still like a jump scare.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So I would say that Fruit 3, the yellow fruit, is where it really starts to get complicated. Um, You're basically like... There's a bunch of puzzles that involve putting stars in lamps to turn on the lamps, which attracts moths, and then you go into the wing of the moth and get directions to the fruit from the wing of the moth it's it sounds insane to describe it out loud, but it makes total sense at the time you're doing it. I swear is that is the third the yellow?
2: Yes, yeah. I thought the yeah. third was the green sorry no, well wait. I mean, the one with the lamp is the green.
1: No, the green one is the garden. The yellow one is the one with the, the lamps. Then comes the blue one is the one with all the photographs. And the purple one is the one with the railroads. Which, the
0: is, which is the one with the clock? Is that the yellow one?
1: Uh, Yes, that's, okay. part, of, that's part of the yellow yeah. one. The, yeah, the clock. So there's a spot where there's like a clock and it has a red hand and a blue hand or rather, you need to give it a red hand and a blue hand, and they have to be pointing in the right directions. And you get the blue hand from a compass that points towards a model star, like a little metal magnet. Um, and the red one you get from a pressure gauge that you get from, like, heating a vessel up, and then you combine them into the clock, and then it makes a, a star appear, and then you put that star in the lantern. Yes
2: and the goal is to make the correct time of the day.
0: Yeah, yes. like you have to make it go from day to night so that the star appears.
1: Yeah. Um, it's and again, like s- describing it sounds so like adventure gamey, like the logic doesn't make any goddamn sense, but the the cueing in the moment, like the 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 way it hints to you what your goal is and what you're supposed to do next is pretty solid. Mhm. I like mean,
2: it's... it's it's like jigsaw mechanics, right? Find what's on the edge and try and
1: yeah, like yeah.
2: try to match things to the Relate other ones
1: towards the middle. Yeah, that's fair. And, and this and is it's... one of those games where everything
0: is conveyed to you um, through imagery. Like, there's no text at all. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, a lot of times, like the kid will be flipping through their the little book, uh and it will have sort of pictures of something not exactly what you're supposed to do but like something similar to what you're supposed to do um like there was a picture of meteors raining down on this house and what you have to do is like drop a rock onto the glass container with the moth in it so it can get out and little things like that so if you're if you notice patterns if you are like good at looking for patterns and go like oh this edge looks similar to this edge, I bet I can combine them into something. Uh, like, that is... That's basically, like, the the way to feel your way towards the solutions. Um, it also... Uh, there I found there were a lot of cases, for me at least, of finding part of a solution that I would need later before I discovered the thing I was actually supposed to do next.
0: Yeah, I... Yeah. My my tendency was always to pick a tile and see everything that I could possibly see in that tile and then move on to the next tile. So it's like, here are all of the things that I think I could do with this tile. So I'll look for something that seems like it might correspond with it in the next tile. Which, I don't know if that was a good strategy because with... Considering the fact that you're constantly moving the tiles around, uh, <laughs> It's hard to remember which one is where. Yes. <laughs> like, I could keep track of a lot of things if I can keep them all in one space. Uh, in, in this sort of, I guess, simulated physical space. Uh, but you, you don't have the luxury of being able to keep things where you can remember them.
2: So. No, you Not have only. to, you have to like remember what's there if you zoom out on a picture because it's not always relevant to that picture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's relevant to a different thing.
2: Yeah. So.
1: You're like, oh shoot, where was the tile that had like the man climbing stairs? (laughs) Where was the tile? Like, what parts do I have to zoom into and move over to get to that?
0: Do I have to rotate this tile so that I can see the thing that I thought I saw before? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah there's a lot of that. So so that's the yellow one. Uh then is the blue one where there's a series of photographs and a lot of them are of like war torn stuff. Um like they, there's like a lot of like combat photos and and like you know mid war photos and There's another one, another tile has a table with a bunch of, like, religious relics on it, and that's the one where there's, like, a bunch of stained glass windows, and each relic has a way of rotating the stained glass window till it gets the way you want it by combining tiles with a moving character so that, like, basically it becomes an engine that turns a gear that turns the, the stained glass, which... That once you figure it out, it's a pretty easy progression through all three of them, but it takes a while to figure it out, yeah, so there's like the first one is like a, a man going through the desert uh and ringing a bell in these little stops, and like he's passing by this crenellated wall, and the crenellations on the wall become the the tooth the teeth on the gears um, The second one is. Uh, a man pushing a cart through a jungle and, like, putting candles on shrines and the, uh... the... The, the wheel of the wagon mm-hmm. becomes the gear teeth. And then the last one is a man climbing stairs and, like, dunking water on his head with a ladle uh, and his... and the stairs become the gears in that one. Yeah. That's, uh... Know?
0: I mean, there's a lot of sort of thematic stuff that has to do with, you know, living in wartime.
1: Yeah. The, yeah, that's right. Cause in the, in the lamp one, there's like a, an air raid siren going on and like there's clearly something like some violence going on outside because like the, these explosions keep shaking the house. Um, and in the, in the, the tile with the relics, there's also, like, a very depressed man there Mm -hmm. um, who is thinking about falling. Like, he has this thought bubble with a person falling in it, which ends up being significant. Yeah. Um, So so in the blue one, you, like, wander through all these different photographs until you get to the final area. Um, And then the purple one is the one with the train. There's, like, a... You have to board a train... And then get around on some train tracks. And then you get off at this garden. Um, you have to get past the wall into the garden. Uh, and then you climb the tower up to the top. And when you get the last fruit, you offer the uh, the fruit to the Goragoa. And it, like, knocks you off the tower. And your character falls. And I think like, breaks his spine? Because you see him in a wheelchair later. Although yeah. he does recover, I suppose. So it can't be, it's not like a permanent thing, but he gets incredibly injured.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was a real hard turn. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got all the fruit! Hooray! You hold up the bowl, and then all of the fruit like, blackens and turns to ash, and the bowl breaks, and you fall off the thing, and it's like, whoa, it's got real, real bleak <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And what's interesting is that the original illustration um had two people holding up the bowl. It had a young person and a young man and an older man. And so in this scenario you are the younger man and you're holding up this bowl and you get knocked off this tower. And then there's a sequence like the sort of finale sequence is you're you're the older man. You it's like much later after you've presumably spent your whole life, like, thinking about what happened or something. There's, there's a lot of imagery of, like, the Gora, something happened to the city to destroy it. Maybe the Gora Goa destroyed it. Maybe it was just, just destroyed by war. Uh, and then it was, like, r- gradually rebuilt over time. And so, like, much time has passed, and you are this other person, and you're sort of, for lack of a better term, reviving each of the fruits by remembering things about where it came from and, like, working through puzzles that deal with kind of, like, the, the memories associated with each one. Uh, and then you revive all of the fruits, and then you are the older man offering the bowl of fruits. And then the Gorogoa appears, and then the game ends. So <laughs> I feel like it's very ambiguous whether that's a good thing.
2: It would be interesting if the fruit just turned black again and he was pushed off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but this time, a yeah, time. but this time as an old man, so there's really no recovering from it. I so I don't know. Am I crazy for thinking that the young
2: boy and the old man are the same person? In yeah, two... no,
1: I think they are the same okay. person at different times in his okay. life. Right?
2: Yeah. I keep thinking everyone is the same person.
1: I-, I think they mostly are. I mean I think maybe not everyone in all the photographs. No. But I think the 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 like general male protagonist person who appears in all the tiles is mostly like the same person on a lifelong journey to like figure out what happened.
0: Yeah, that's that's sort of how I interpreted it. Although I feel like at one point there's a woman in one of the tiles, but maybe it's maybe it's just the guy and he has long hair, or maybe
1: it's uh, one of the photographs of like the people of the that he met on his journey or something.
2: Yeah, I feel like this is something that it could be that way, but it also could be a complete bullshit. And
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very ambiguous and very dreamlike, so it's kind of hard to say.
2: You have to make assumptions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is, shall we say, open to interpretation. Um, But I feel like the way, however you interpret it, um, doesn't much affect kind of how you feel about the game. I mean, maybe for some people it does, but for me, like the story was kind of it was cool and you know very kind of surreal, which I like. My stories to be like that. Focus of the game. But yeah, it was absolutely not the main point of the game and i'm cool with that because i think the you know the game was focused appropriately
2: mm-hmm.
1: so um i don't know carl you la- last time when we introduced the game you you expressed concern about another ambiguous storyline did you, did you end up feeling that way
2: it's not the ambiguous storyline i have nothing against that it's just like people that should like this game on my like radar they haven't really like this as much, hmm. and I feel a uh, sort of that. I think it's a great game, but it's, it could be, have been like an amazing game.
1: Is there um, like something in particular that you would have changed about it?
2: Not really.
1: <laughs> Just
2: like make everything a bit more perfect. I mean, it, is, a, it I mean, is an
1: indie, it is an indie game, so. Yeah, I
2: know, I know, I'm, like, it's not, it's way too much to ask for it. Yeah. And I really like it, but it's, like, one of these brilliant ideas.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, like, as puzzle mechanics go, it's, like, not like anything I've seen elsewhere, which is pretty rare.
0: Yeah, Um, what was I gonna say? I think, I don't, I don't know because I haven't played the actual mobile version, but playing it on the Switch didn't feel super great, and I feel like that might just have to do with the fact that it was designed with both, you know, controller controls and touch controls in mind, and I felt like neither of them were super great, hmm. but I, I mean that's just You know, a a porting issue, and probably, probably kind of unavoidable given that, given the way the Switch works. So that's
1: interesting. What What are the controls on the Switch?
0: So you you can do touch controls, um, but you can also control it with the sticks, which I am assuming functions in a similar way to how. Playing it like with a mouse would be mm. so like you you know move the cursor with one of the thumbsticks, and then pick it up with a button and then move it with the thumbstick again. Mm.
1: That sounds like that would be terrible.
0: Yeah, and I didn't I didn't play it that way, but I don't know yeah, the touch no. controls also didn't feel great, so I'm assuming that it's just interesting
1: uh, an to issue
0: with trying to make them both work.
1: To me, the the touch controls on mobile felt very, very natural. Like, it felt very native to mobile. Um, I played it on iPad. Uh, but maybe that also has to do with, like, screen size, if you were playing it on, like, the tiny version of the Switch. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think probably, you know, I haven't experienced all the control schemes, but I would be willing to bet that the touch control screen... St- that scheme is probably the best yeah of the set
0: yeah that's what i was thinking
2: i so. would say i mean i hate touch controls so for <laughs> yeah. me a mouse was nice
0: okay fair enough and i was even thinking why didn't i just buy it for the pc because i could put it in my like pen monitor and play it basically the way that i played mushroom 11 11? 11, yes, 11. You got it. Oh, thank God! <laughs> 13. <laughs> it feels like a bit that I'm doing. Like I'm no, gonna it's... pretend that I don't know what the number is because
1: no, Huck does the exact yeah. same thing. He can never remember the number.
0: <laughs> so I just need to assure you all that this is genuine and not a bit. Um, I I feel like I might have had a better experience with the game if I had if I had just done it that way. But oh well. Yeah.
1: Um the I don't know, I'm trying to think of like other categories of things we usually talk about. The the sound design is pretty minimal. Um like there are a few music stings when something important happens, but for the most part there's only like sound effects. Um except the the only place I found that it got like really annoying was uh in the the yellow sequence when there's like the explosions that rock the house periodically and like knock the Little stones yeah. down, um, but, like that got annoying after a while. Partially because I was on that level for a long time, because uh, I got stuck. But
0: yeah, I, I had the same experience. <laughs> I felt like just stop.
1: I could yeah. see it happening, like just like I get it. I know I have to do something with that, but like, cool, put calm it down.
0: Slightly down in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what... (laughs) This is one of those games that's kind of, like, it's difficult to explain because so much of it is presented in a way that is purely visual, and even the way you interact with it is difficult to convey without having a visual aid which uh this is a podcast so
1: so yeah so
0: we're a little um, lacking in that department
1: i think the the like the really cool design innovation of this game uh is this idea of like mixing unexpected contexts right like mm-hmm. the idea of it's it each tile has sort of its own <clears throat> like internal world and logic and things that kind of make sense about it but by making placing things adjacent to each other, or moving and removing them, you're like changing contexts. You're putting two very disparate contexts next to each other so they interact, or you're separating things into two completely different contexts where they used to be one thing, um, or you're combining two completely disparate contexts to form a new thing. It's just like that. It's a game about juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. which is a weird way to think of it but that is essentially the mechanic is juxtaposition.
0: I I will say that in the segment where you have to get the rock to kind of go through multiple tiles mm-hmm. uh I had a fun time imagining what that must have looked like to <laughs> a person like within the scene like a rock just blinks out of nowhere rolls for a bit and then disappears.
1: <laughs> and then, yeah, falls down past the window and disappears. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty great. There are there were so many places in this where um I felt really clever, which is a great thing for a puzzle game. Right? Like I I did this and I'm like, oh ha I figured it out. I'm so smart.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> there was and there was even like there were one or two spots where I was very tempted to look up a hint, and I specifically didn't because I knew I would be, like, disappointed in myself if I missed out on, like, the pleasure of solving it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is going to feel so good when I figure it out, though. I have to keep trying.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, this morning, since I finished it last week, this morning, I, I actually did just go and watch videos of all the solutions just to, like, refresh myself on it. And, yeah, it's just, like... Here's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad I didn't do any of that when I was actually playing the game.
1: Yeah. It would, I I wonder if it's hard to get Let's Plays for mobile, but I guess it's it's also on PC. So I wonder like if there are any fun Let's Plays. Let's Plays of puzzle games can be either very satisfying or incredibly frustrating depending on. <laughs> How long it takes the person to actually figure it out.
0: Yeah, it's like sitting down with someone who's never played Portal before and watching them.
1: I did that learn. With Sean Plot.
0: Yeah. I Yeah.
1: That's I've, on one of the day off videos.
0: I've never been uh on in the position of having the knowledge in that case. I've only been in the position of being the person who does not have the knowledge.
1: <laughs> um And having the other person be so desperate to tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I did, as I said, I did have my both my mom and my sister play it because they are both sort of art people, and I wanted that. you know, it's a really cool game visually. Um, So I wanted to show it to them. And neither of them are gamers. They are both very much, like, not game people. Um, And they picked it up okay. I think it probably would have taken them closer to both of them got my mom got to like midway through the yellow one in maybe like an hour and a half and my sister played for like hour and a half two hours and got to the end of the yellow one
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um so they were they were like slightly slower than i would say your average gamer probably is at this but they were still able to follow it and to follow along with it which i think is a good sign
0: yeah definitely i would i would agree
1: Hmm. I I like to try and spring like simple but clever and interesting games on <laughs> members of my family like hey I know you don't like games but this is really rad so try it
0: nice I yep.
1: this is a good game for yeah.
0: that yeah it it is especially because it, it doesn't have any of the negative things that I think most non-game enjoying people, uh, associate with video games.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's, there's like pretty much only one place where you have any kind of like time pressure to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's pretty generous. So maybe like two places, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's pretty generous with the amount of time that you have. Um, the, oh shoot, what was I going to say? Something about playing games for the first time. Oh, the other game that I tried to, to give my mom uh, that she actually did very much enjoy, although she never finished it, was Machinarium. Mm. I think not having, like, pre- like, being able to take it at your own pace is a super important part of sharing games with people who don't normally game. Because if there's, like, pressure to, like, oh, you have, you know, five seconds to do this, and then you lose, like, that can that sort of pressure can be too much for some people. Yeah,
2: I think it really depends on the person.
1: That's true.
0: Machinery well, also has a lot of it's been a long time since I've played it, but I feel like it has a lot of uh, like, you kind of need at least some understanding of adventure game logic. Yeah, I, remember, I, I remember there being quite a bit of that.
1: It's certainly I think it's a lot more esoteric than this game in terms of like the puzzle solving, which is ironic because it's a lot more logical, right? Like it's a lot more situationally makes sense of like, oh, here's a door you have to go find the key kind of thing uh, compared to Go, which is like, you have to place the sun on top of this wall so it acts as a gear and turns this stained glass window, um, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. But in context the Gorago ones are just so well, you're so well directed to that and mm-hmm. it's it's so well telegraphed uh that it's, like, much easier to, to figure out and to solve in context. And you don't have an
0: inventory, so it's not a question mm-hmm. of which of these six things can I use on any of these four things within the environment, and maybe one of them will do what I need it to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of, um... I think we've talked about this um, more uh, or a lot on this particular show, but they I know they talk about it a ton on Mostly Walking. The idea of, like, the important part of... One important thing about puzzle games is how much it takes away from you in terms of the things you can do. Yes. So, like, how much it limits the possibility space. Um, And I feel like that is the main difficulty ramp for this game is that, like, each successive puzzle has a larger and larger possibility space of just the things that are available to you at any given time. Yeah. It's like, how many ways can you zoom in and out of this tile? And, like, how many areas can you visit? And how many tiles do you have to worry about at once? And
2: Don't forget
0: anything that's in any of these levels of zoom.
2: (laughs) Also, like, the later puzzles are also, like, they're divided into three or four different puzzles with like one link between them yeah so you need to figure out what's part of the puzzle i'm working on right now
1: yeah versus what's a solution that i'm going to be using like two two su- subsections from now yeah like i figured out um god what was there was something that i figured out in the uh Oh, in the in the blue one, there was an area where you like the guy going up the stairs. There was like a section of another tile that fit over that, um, that like clearly fit perfectly. But I didn't have the gear for the center yet, so I'm like, this clearly fits perfectly together. Why is nothing happening? Yeah, and then that ended up being like two two sub puzzles later. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have another gear that goes in the middle that's gonna turn the stained glass window and it's gonna be yeah
0: yep but at least the the frustration of being close but not quite ready for it yet makes it really easy to remember like once you <laughs> have solved it be like this yep. is what I needed to do so I don't know lots to keep yeah. track of
1: yeah it's a it's a good game I enjoyed it very much yeah. and it's very short <laughs> So, I don't
2: know. I sort of wish they, like, pushed the, the monster colors, or like, that style a bit more, cause that's really cool.
1: Yeah, and it's, yeah, it is a very visually cool creature, and they, other than it, like, occasionally appearing in the backgrounds of some of the tiles, they don't really do a lot with it in the actual puzzles, which you're right, that, like, that, that had potential to do a lot of interesting things, but they did not. Um, I don't know. Anything else that we have to say on that? Uh
0: I don't think so. I don't, at least.
1: Alright.
2: I mean the queuing is brilliant.
0: Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, play Gorgoa. If you <laughs> if you would like a neat and very novel and unexpected puzzle game that we probably haven't spoiled too much. Like I think (laughs) Yeah, it's so
1: it's so hard to we maybe spoiled some of the harder puzzles. Um but yeah, it's so hard to describe it it actually turns out to be kind of difficult to spoil.
0: Yeah, like it's one of those things where we we have spoiled the puzzles conceptually, but we have not spoiled them mechanically. So there's still the execution it yeah. has to come about yep where we we are the hint line i guess <laughs> please yeah. give us uh five hundred dollars for for the yeah, times that we have talked there's about not, it
1: not there's not that's one thing this game doesn't have that i don't know whether i feel like it should I actually kind of think maybe it shouldn't, but a lot of puzzle games have some kind of built-in hint system, like Machinarium, um, for instance, had the little hint book where you like play a mini game and you can get a hint. Or um, I know the Room on mobile just has a like a hint button in the corner, and if you're stuck for long enough, it like starts glowing. Um, and this game does not have a system of in-game hints available, but it's so worth it to figure out the puzzle <laughs> that I almost think like, I, I would feel bad for taking a hint, but may, I mean I think that might be different for different people yeah, So
2: I think you could find yourself in a situation where it's like, not fun where you're just looking mm-hmm. through pieces you, like because yeah, there's not really not a clear minutes. goal in a lot of the puzzles
1: yeah Yeah, that's fair. If you got stuck long enough, I'm sure it could get to the point of being, like, pretty frustrating. But, yeah, overall, highly recommended. Yeah. Alright, do you want to talk about our next next game?
0: I feel like I should try to come up with a, a good segue, but the only segue I can think of is that, surprise, we're playing another Annapurna game. Annapurna
1: game. <laughs> this has basically become the Annapurna podcast. Yep. Not because we love Annapurna, but just because Annapurna has made so many good decisions about what games to publish, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, our our next game will be Donut County, which came out a couple weeks ago. Um, It is a game made by Ben Esposito, uh, where you play as a hole in the ground. (laughs) And um, I forgot about this, and I was reminded when I went to the wiki so that I would be able to introduce the game, but (laughs) the game was inspired, apparently, by a Peter Mollydew tweet. (laughs) <laughs> which is the parody account of Peter Molyneux, if you're not familiar. Um, yeah, and that...
1: it, it, it has a habit of tweeting, like, just super weird slash bad game design ideas.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the tweet that I suppose inspired this, uh, is as follows. You play a hole. You must move around an environment making certain elements fall into correct targets at the right time. Um, which is basically what you do in this game. You play as a hole in the ground, and solve puzzles as a mobile hole in the ground.
1: <laughs> so uh, we're playing another difficult-to-describe-but-presumably-makes-sense-in-context <laughs> puzzler. Yeah. Uh, which I am happy with. I'm fine with that. I think this um, one is
0: a little less abstract than... Because um, I've, I've already played yeah. it. I was really hyped for this, and I bought it the day it came out and played it. It's only like two hours, so... So another are
1: there's are there's also raccoons involved? Question mark.
0: (laughs) There are raccoons. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. (laughs) Um, I know this. I so I played this game a bit of this game a long time ago when it was at IndieCade, and it had a different name at the time that was like inspired by like Native American. Yeah, it
0: was called it was called Kachina.
1: Kachina, which i guess was just too difficult to like remember like that's not a good saleable name because no like nobody has any context for it or remembers it so i'm glad they switched to donut county which is like yeah donut it's a game about a hole donuts have holes that makes sense
0: yeah there there were also like uh themes dealing with uh, uh the the hopi that uh, I guess there was maybe some criticism there, so all all of that was just dumped, and uh, okay. the the mechanics apparently were kept and okay. used for another another concept. So, okay,
1: yeah, I'll be interested to see kind of how it evolved from what I saw, because it sounds like it's a very different game at this point.
0: Yeah, so. Anna, I will be interested to hear you tell us about what has changed, because the uh, I didn't see it at IndieCade, so
1: yeah, I mean, it was. It was not, there was not much to it from what I remember. Like, there wasn't much of a story or anything. It was just a few, like, proof-of-concept levels. Yeah. So I imagine if the mechanic is basically the same, it's probably not that different. Um, but I guess we'll find out. And I, ironically, I think this might have been the same Indicate where I saw Gorogoa for the first time. Nice. <laughs> if, if not the same one, it was only, like, a year or so different.
2: I want to see if it's more abstract than a Peter Molyneux game. <laughs> Is it more abstract than the Cube? Or what was it called? Uh the Cube.
0: Oh. Uh, um, was the Cube Curiosity. Was the Cube game called Curiosity? Yeah. Man, I remember actually playing that.
1: I have never heard of that game. On my
0: phone. It was I wanna say like two thousand twelve. Two thousand
2: thirteen maybe? Okay, no, yeah.
0: Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Where um Peter Molyneux decided that he was going to, like, form his own studio. So he formed his studio called 22 Cans. And the idea was that he was going to make, like, 22 different, like, experimental titles. And I think,
1: like, okay. Curiosity... I mean, I one of those. The, like, God Game one.
0: Yeah, so Curiosity was the first one. And then it was, like, everybody... It's a giant cube made up of many layers of tiles going inward. So, the, the concept was that you download it as a mobile game and you work with everyone else who is playing the game to get to the center of the cube. And in the center, like, whoever does the final tap on their phone that gets to the center of the cube, like, wins a thing. And the, the winning, I guess, was that you become the god of goddess, which, Go- goddess, I don't, the, yeah, the God Game, yeah, the God <laughs> Game that was then the successor, and then I don't think he made any other of the like twenty-two <laughs> experimental things.
2: And the, the winner didn't pretty much get anything.
0: Yeah, there was there was uh, quite a bit of controversy around mm. that. <laughs> so,
1: but that's not what we're playing. <laughs> that's not what
0: we're playing. No, uh, we we are playing Donut County. Yep. Uh, uh, it is on.
1: It has been, Steam been
0: described, and is, oh, sorry.
1: It has been described to me as an inverse Katamari Damashi.
0: Yeah, kind of. There's, there's a <laughs> lot of yeah. There's some similarities there, for sure. Okay,
1: I'm um, excited. That that's the description that made me really want to play it. Yes,
0: uh, I do love me some Katamari. Um, yeah, Donut County. It's on Steam. It's on, I think the PS4, let me scroll up, it's on yeah. iOS like, as well.
1: Like Gorogoa, this is one of those weird ones where it's like $5 on mobile, but like $15 on Steam. So if you want it cheaper, get it on mobile. Yeah. I assume also moving around the hole might feel better with touch mechanics, but I don't know. It...
0: I don't know, because you don't have to like actually click and drag the hole around. You just, oh, okay. The hole is just where your cursor is, so.
1: I see. So, I don't
0: know, maybe, yeah, so maybe, maybe it is, maybe, it was, maybe it's not.
1: Maybe it'd be better with mouse then. I don't know, but at any rate, do what you want. If you want to pay $5, get it on mobile. If you want to use a mouse, get it on Steam. So yeah. It's your money.
0: It is but it will soon be our money when you pay us for all of the Gorgoa hints that we just dropped on you.
1: (laughs) We really need to, like, set up a Patreon or something, because I feel, I listen to so many podcasts, and it's starting to feel weird that we don't have a Patreon to plug at the end of the podcast.
2: I don't want to be responsible for a Patreon, you (laughs) guys! Just so we can plug it?
1: Yes, just so we can direct people to it. (laughs) Well, we should tell people to, we should at least tell people to, like, rate us and leave a review on itunes yeah because you we don't tell people to do that but i think that's good for us somehow yeah theoretically it's like, it's it like helps help. the metrics because if it's more if it has more reviews it tends to be like come up more on searches and recommendations and things that's true something like that uh
0: yeah do that if you listen on itunes uh rate right. and i don't I don't follow, know... Subscribe Follow, subscribe... I don't... I, I actually don't know what you do with a podcast you can, on iTunes anymore. You can
1: anymore. follow on... You can follow on SoundCloud. I know that's
0: Yeah, that. that's true. Um, and I think you can subscribe on iTunes. I, I... It's been so long since I've used iTunes for a podcast, so... <laughs> but do... Look, if there is anything positive that you can do on iTunes with respect to this podcast maybe do it. That would be great of you. Yeah. Probably. We would benefit, if we, I if guess. We ever,
1: if we ever end up with a Patreon, that will help us
0: out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh I don't think we're ever going to have a Patreon because I do not want to have to manage that.
1: Uh, I, I mean, I would probably manage it if we did. Okay. Or I could.
0: That's fair, yeah. Someone else... Can, uh... Someone else can start a Patreon for us and just give us the money.
1: Yeah, I don't don't know if I consider us worthy of a Patreon. This is a very low-budget show. Yeah. But in the theoretical future, who knows? Who knows? Once once we've all quit our jobs and become professional podcasters.
0: Yeah, we will have t-shirts. We will be getting loot box partnerships. So look forward to us...
1: uh, We'll be advertising Squarespace at you. (laughs) And... um, Blue Apron. Uh, Audible.
0: Audible's the one that oh, every yeah. podcast seems to have. Yeah. Which... Yep.
1: Blue Apron, Squarespace, and, and Audible. <laughs> and <laughs> and the... Loot
0: Crate. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to do monthly unboxings of of all that shitty plastic tat that you get in a Loot Crate.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love Loot Crate sort of conceptually in terms of like... You get a surprise every month that's that's fun for you. It's like getting a present, but I feel like there's only so much room for junk in my house, right like yeah I don't I don't need you know a new plastic figurine every month
0: yeah there actually there's a, a subscription service that I always sort of think about kind of covetously. That get, sends you tea every month, mm. and I absolutely don't need more tea. But at least that's something that is like consumable.
1: Yeah, consumable that has
0: to
2: exist, right?
0: I'm sure. No, it is. it does. Yeah, like it actually exists, and I I have
1: You just at aren't it. subscribed to it. No, I'm just
0: not know. subscribed to it because, like I said, I totally don't need more tea. But
1: yeah. I I am subscribed to a box now system now um for my produce, uh, oh. which is uh, imperfect produce. Uh, not spo- not a sponsor of this podcast, by the way. But it, hey, hit me up, imperfect produce, like sponsor our podcast. Um, but yes, yeah, so they do. Um, they get like produce direct from farmers that is that was like n- they were not able to sell to supermarkets for various reasons so things like it's weirdly misshapen or it's like a drastically unusual size or like the coloration is slightly different than usual but like stuff that doesn't affect the taste of the food but it's not like perfect enough to be in a store um, because grocery stores only want to buy stuff that looks standard Um, so it's cool because you get it cheaper and it prevents food waste uh, because that stuff would get thrown out otherwise
0: I like this. I really like this concept.
1: Yeah. And so I get, like, every other week, I get a box of produce, and I it's helping me figure out. I'm, I'm at the stage of, like, my cooking learning process where uh, I'm trying to get, like, get to the point where I can just kind of improv a recipe based on having some ingredients. So that's sort of, this is part of that initiative where I'm like, okay, I'll just have a bunch of produce, and I'll have to figure out something to do with it, uh and that'll make me like try new recipes and experiment with stuff and so yeah, yeah. it's a cool i i recommend <laughs> completely un uh you know uh unsponsored i do recommend imperfect produce so far i've only i've only had like two or three boxes so far but it's i think it's it's a cool concept
0: yeah i'm going to look into that now honestly because that's cool
1: <laughs> all right uh other plugs other plugs
0: Yes, hello. You can find, uh, all of the, the podcast Twitter on Twitter at FeedbackForce where we do updates. And sometimes if I see, like, that a game that we have played is super on sale, I will tweet about that. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I am also on Twitter at, at Kelso Time Bomb. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, I am on Twitter at Kyla underscore go. Uh, I'm on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash cagedtiger, spelled with a K. Um, I do a stream where I play retro games that uh, are classics, but that I have not played before. So we do, like, first-time playthroughs. Uh, currently running through Super Metroid. Just beat a boss today. It was pretty, uh, pretty rad. Um, so that is normally Sunday mornings at 10, although not tomorrow because uh, I'm going to go to the... State Fair. Nice.
2: I'm Carl. My Twitter is at Scout3. Yeah.
1: Alright.
0: Alright, cool. So, next, not next week, next time, I almost said next week, we will be back and we will be discussing Donut County and if you would like to join us as yeah, we discuss-
2: said next week.
0: Did I say next week? Shit. Shit. <laughs> 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 next time next episode future in the future likely in two weeks we will be discussing donut county if you would like to join us please let us know and you can come talk about the game with us on the podcast
1: yeah do it we, have, we haven't had any guests in a while and we like having guests yeah. So. Yeah. yeah okay well we'll be back in a couple weeks thank you for listening farewell Bye. Bye.